Welcome to the Vision Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and everything happening at Vision, visit us online at visionnwa.com. All right, so I felt this morning I really wanted to do something a little different, and something's really been on my heart. Um, we, uh, t- I think it was two, was it two Mother's Days ago that you spoke, Dana? We had you speak. And so a couple Mother's Day ago, we, we had Dana speak, and she, t- she um, is the director of a pregnancy crisis center. And so she deals a lot with abortion. And so I thought, what better day to have, to have her speak on Mother's Day, you know, and talk about abortion and talk about having children. Because uh, so many young girls are going through that. They're experiencing making those hard decisions. And so anyway, so we had, we had a person that came that Sunday morning. And later they emailed us and said, you know, shame on you for talking about that subject. Churches just really shouldn't talk about you know, those kinds of subjects. And I thought, I thought, shame on us. Shame off us, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and because if the church doesn't talk about it, then that means it leaves it open for discussion in other places. Well, so many times people are speaking out of their own hurt. So if, if that person said that, what do you think they're dealing with? Shame. Yeah, so. yeah. So anyway, so, and that was, you know, I thought, that's not the kind of church that we're going to be. We're, we're going to be the kind of church that's willing to talk about um, the, all, all the different issues that, that come up because we want to make sure that people have a biblical perspective. If you, don't have, if you don't talk about it in the church, then you never get a biblical perspective of what does God say about the different issues. And so I know that may not be popular with some people, but... I, you know, I'm just determined that I don't want to be the kind of church that we just come in here and fluff you up every, every morning and just feed you the, the, the cheesecake, you know, and the ice cream. Because, I mean, if you know, that, that's good. But let me tell you, you need some veggies and you need some meat and you need some other things in your diet that are going to help you have a rounded world perspective. So the reason I bring that story up is that I wanted to talk this morning about shame off you. Shame off you. So I want to read a scripture out of Romans chapter 5, and I'll begin with this, and then I'm going to get my wife involved. Romans chapter 5, look at verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And you know, honey, when I was born again, you know, I was told that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I was never told that he died on the cross because he wanted me to be his son. Well, it's a different level. Um, so many times people just, just they, they give what they have, you know, and that's, that's where those people were at that time. They were just, you know, hitting the, 
hitting that, that one nail on the head the whole time, but they didn't realize the fullness of why Jesus did what he did. Yeah. And like I said earlier, I don't have enough words to, to describe my, my, my thankfulness for everything Jesus did for us. But this, this topic is so timely because this hits every single person in the room. Every single person in this room has dealt with some sort of shame. And that doesn't mean that you're dealing with it now or that you're walking around shameful, but it can be even if you're trying to do the right thing and somebody comes against you and like, I can't believe you did that. It's almost like a, what, 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 what did I do wrong? It's, you feel shamed because you made a mistake or, and maybe you didn't make a mistake. One thing my kids have, you know, growing up, they would be like, mom, you know, this happened or mom, that happened. And I would say, hey, when you lay your head down at night on the pillow, if, if you can lay your head down at night knowing you're okay with God and with your authorities, everything else can just go by the wayside. It doesn't matter. So many times we're trying to be people pleasers and yet we fall short of our own expectations and that brings shame. And we didn't do anything wrong, but yet shame is there. So I, you know someone, you know of someone that should be here, and then it, it also this is you for you too. So don't sit there and go, this is for so-and-so. No, this is for every single one of us in this room because God wants us to get past the shame because the shame is the blame. And God's not blaming any one of us here today. He gave his son freely so that we wouldn't have to deal with this. But yet, why do we deal with this all the time? Mm -hmm. We still are dealing with this all the time. A lady before church and something happened and she said, I, I, I just froze, I didn't know what to do. I said, you had the mind of Christ. It was coming. You were, God, God never leaves you. So... Anyway, so knowing who you are in Christ is a much deeper level than just knowing, oh, he took care of all the bad choices that I made. Yeah, yeah, and knowing that you're forgiven. Okay, so let's, let's talk for a moment about where Jesus' stance is on this because in John chapter 8, there was a moment where Jesus is preaching. Imagine I'm preaching this message and somebody brings a prostitute in all the way down and, and drops her out in front and says, you know, the law of Moses says that she should be stoned. What do you say, Phil? Well, I'm going to say, I don't know. You need to ask Roddy or some of these other guys. I don't No, I'm teasing. But, but this is the situation. So they bring this prostitute, and they lay her down before Jesus. And they say, what do you say about her? This is what Moses says. This is what the law says. What do you say about her? And, of course, your first question is, where's the man? He was, she was caught in the very act. So where's the man? Come on, make so, it real. So right? they just bring the woman. But Jesus doesn't respond. What does he do? He, he leans down in the dirt, and he begins to write. So he's, he's writing, and they begin to press him for the answer. What do you say about this, Jesus? And finally, he rose himself up. And this is what he said in verse 10. He said, uh, well, not in verse 10, actually in verse 9. He said, those of you that are without sin, cast the first stone. Then what happened was the men began to drop their stones and leave, beginning with the oldest to the youngest. So they all left. And then Jesus, he goes back to riding in the dirt, and then he raises himself up again, and he says, woman, in verse 10, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I. Man, those are the greatest words that Jesus could say to us. When you ask him to forgive you, guess what? Other people may condemn you, but I don't. 
I choose not to condemn you. Now in these, fact, I'm later sorry. he said, I, I, did, I came into the world not to condemn the world, but to save the world, that through him this, the world would be saved. Yeah, God's not into condemnation. He's into connecting. He's into connecting with you because when you connect with the source, all that other stuff just goes by the wayside because if he's not condemning, who is? Because how many times have you talked to somebody and said, well, you're not God. Remind yourself next time you look in the mirror, say, you're not God. He's a whole lot smarter than, than, than I am. All right? So let God be God, and we need to know who we are in Christ. But these, these were physical stones. So many times in the church even, there's non-physical stones that are being tossed, that are being cast, cast across, the, across the, the aisle, or, or you walk in and you, you feel some shame, and so-and-so doesn't talk to you or something, and it just, it just starts compiling. Well, why don't you like me? Or why, and you don't come out and say that, but you feel that. Well, that's just another ploy of the enemy. That's the 2002, that's a 2020 version of this verse. No one in this room is condemning you. No one in here can, can pick up a stone and say, I'm better than you, so I'm, no. We all need Jesus. We are all one Jesus away from hell. Yeah. It all, the cross makes us all even. That's good. So we need Jesus I need Jesus. You need Jesus. We all need Jesus. <laughs> Everybody needs Jesus. So guilt, shame, and condemnation is never from God. Listen to this. It, because this is you judging yourself apart from Christ. This didn't come from God. Because guilt says, I'm not forgiven. Condemnation says, my life is worthy to be condemned. And shame says, it's still who I am today. So sometimes people, they, they come to Jesus, they receive forgiveness, and they forgive themselves, but then the enemy begins to bring up thoughts from the past. It begins to replay your newsreel of your life, all the th times that you've missed it. And then people begin to deal with the fact that, wait a minute, I, maybe, maybe I wasn't forgiven. Maybe I didn't ask God to forgive me of that specific thing. And the devil plays both sides of this. He plays both sides. Okay, let me, let me give you another example. Let's say, let's say you're tempted in an area. And the temptation comes. Here's how the devil plays the temptation. You're, you're tempted in this area, and, and, and he always tempts you with something that he knows you're going to like. Or a weakness. You know, he'll, he'll go to the weak area. So you get tempted in this area. But then the enemy on the flip side will come and bring that thought and say, See, you're not free from that. If you were free from it, you wouldn't be tempted in it. Or you've asked Jesus to forgive you. You've gotten free from it. Maybe you fell back into it. And now the enemy says, see, if you were free from it, you wouldn't be falling back into it. And I think the people are dealing with that shame over and over, this reoccurring shame. And that's all the devil has to work with. It's like he takes off his shoe and he's pitching it at you because it's so ludicrous. It's so stupid. Um, I'll, I'll have a thought. I'll have a thought. I'll be talking to somebody. Now, you, you may not even want to talk to me after, after I say this, but I'm probably the only one that's ever dealt with this, but I'm having this thought and, and, or talking to somebody, and a thought will just slap that person or, or kiss that person or whatever that person. And I'm like, and so I'm just going along like, like nothing's going on in my mind, but I'm just... <laughs> 
you know, going. I mean, it's, it's stupid stuff. Have you, no, you don't have to raise your hand, but can anybody identify with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, yeah. Odd thoughts okay. come at odd times. Weird thoughts come in, and you're like, where did that come from? Am yeah. I now a sinner? No. Did I act on that thought? Lord, no. No, I didn't act on that thought. So even though I was tempted with that thought, I didn't act on it. So I'm fine. I am not a, a bit big bad sinner saved by grace. I am a daughter of the, of the living God. Like I said, it's like the devil just picks up anything and he's just throwing dust in your face to try to just trip you up and to try to make you feel bad yeah. for even having the thought. Well, who brought the thought to begin with? The devil did. So he's using his own tactics to keep you down, and it doesn't just just wise up to it and just be like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that, and just move on. Birds are like thoughts; they're going to you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you surely can stop them from making a nest in your hair. That's right. So when they come, you just say, forget it. Same thing with fear, but right now we're we're dealing with shame. But fear's the same thing. Some people think, well, a little bit of fear is healthy. Uh, hello? No, it's not. I have zero tolerance for fear. You give it an inch, it takes a mile. It was like a cloak that came on me one time, and I just said, forget that. No, I resist that. And by the time I went three more steps, it was gone. But it tried to overtake my heart. Shame is the same way. Well, it's, it's healthy to have a little bit of humility, a little bit of you know, no, it's not. That is not from God. 100% righteousness is that that's that's what we're going for yeah you can't have two percent shame three percent um uh humility da, 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 all this stuff I mean, it gets it gets kind of kind of wonky in our brains and our minds when we're trying to walk this thing out in a balance balance is 100 percent made righteous by jesus yeah that's what his work did period end of story right there that's yeah. what jesus did for yeah. us yeah and 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 think about it he didn't come to die he died for our sins yes but who was the one that sinned adam go all the way back adam was the one that missed it in the garden adam and eve excuse me it took two of them and they both missed it in the garden right and so what that did was that separated a wall of separation between god and man and so that's why it was important when Jesus died on the cross that the, the curtain in the temple was ripped in two. Because what God is saying is, wait, the wall is out of the way. Now I can have fellowship with you. And he, the reason he can have fellowship is because Jesus' blood has removed sin so that he can reveal the son and the daughter that's inside of you. Yes. And your potential and your destiny that God has for your life. Man. Well, it's, we've been singing a song this morning, and we introduced it last week. Dead man come out of that grave when we sing. Captives let go of those chains when we praise. That phrase has really messed with me this week. Captives let go of those chains. So that means they're not bound anymore. They're holding on to them. Do you see the difference there? Captives let go of those chains. So that means we're dragging them around with us because we're so used to them. Yeah. 
let go of those chains when we praise. Don't raise the chains up to God and say, here they are. Just let go of them. Let go of that shame. Let go of that temptation. Let go of whatever has tried to attach itself to you and say, no more, I'm moving forward. That's where you cast your care. That's where you, you lay down every weight and sin that does so easily beset you. Mm -hmm. And you run the race that he set before you. And you encounter the joy again. Yeah. That sustainable so joy. So let go yeah. of those chains. Because when, when you keep asking God to forgive you for the same old thing, the same scenario, the same uh, past mistake that you made, and you keep asking God to forgive you, oh, God, I'm sorry. You know, what you're saying is, I don't believe that I'm, I've truly been forgiven of that. Instead, our response should be when the enemy brings that to our mind is, God, I thank you that your blood cleansed me from all unrighteousness. Jesus, I thank you that, that, that you paid the price and my past is gone. My past is gone. This has to become a revelation to you. I remember um, Kenneth Hagin talking about a moment where he ran into an old high school buddy, somebody, you know, from years past, and, and they got caught up and found out how each other, each other were doing, and eventually his friend said, hey, Kenneth, you remember when we did this? And he started talking about some of the bad things that they did when they were young, some of the stupid things, the decisions that they made when they were young. He said, you remember when, you, when we did that? And Kenneth said, no. Oh, yeah, sure you do. Remember? You know, and he even begins to give more detail. And he said, no. Come on. Come on. You're just playing dumb. That was you and me. And he says, no. He said, it's been erased from my memory because God has forgiven me of my past. That means he's erased it. I distinctly remember forgetting that. Yeah, exactly. It's a choice. Man. I distinctly remember forgetting that. In the Word, there's a few places where it does talk about repentance. We are a church that, that preaches repentance, meaning come to God, turn, and move, move towards righteousness. Yeah. But this Word of God is full of thankful scriptures. Thankful, thank, being thankful. Thankful for the work that Jesus did on our behalf. Do you know that 29, 30 years ago, I have a story of, and it's laced with shame and pain and blame and all that stuff. So we're not sitting up here going, oh, you don't understand. You've never been through that. You know, you've been, you've been a Christian all your life. Well, we can make choices that we think are the right way, but yet as time goes, we realize that's not the best God choice for me. And so we get to make a course correction, and that was my story. And I got to make that course correction through some, some heartache. Yeah, you were going to marry some other guy. Yeah, but I had a family who that. intervened, praise God, who, who had intervention in my life. But I still dealt, even after that, I dealt for a good six to nine months. It would not, not totally looming, but just, oh, I can't believe I made a mistake. can't believe I, I, I almost married the wrong guy can't believe I picked the wrong guy. I thought I would just make, yes, yes, yes. But the Holy Spirit was with me every time, and the healing came. And I can tell you today that I am healed. So I can talk about it, but it's not like it just happened yesterday, and then I feel it all over again. That's the difference. When I talk to somebody, and they start telling me their story, and there's a full emotions with it, and I'm like, so when did this happen? Oh, about 32 years ago. I'm like, oh, my Lord. 
They've been dealing with this for sure, thirty. They, they keep they keep bringing that chain with them for thirty-two years. Yeah. Let go, and stop playing fetch. Toss it out and don't play fetch. Let it go. As far as the east is from the west, so he has tossed it out. So why are we reminding him of what we should distinctively remember to forget? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think this morning would be a good morning for a funeral. Yeah. You know, we could have a funeral for shame. And we could bury it <laughs> once and for all. If Becca was here, and she would go, da, 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 da. Like, no, that's the song. wrong song. Yeah. <laughs> she sings that for every song, for everything. Like, no, wrong song. Anyway, but, <laughs> but have a funeral for shame so that we could bury it and choose not to let it resurrect. That's right. Keep it in the tomb. So when the enemy comes to you and tells you, hey, remind you of where you messed up, remind you of where you made the mistake, what's going to be your MO? What are you going to do? Hmm? Are you gonna Are you gonna say, man, I can't believe I did that? Are you gonna beat yourself up and go, man, I, I just wish I would have made a better decision? Or are you gonna say, God, I thank you that you have set me free from that situation, Lord, that you forgave me and that that's been wiped clean from my life? Because there's too many Christians walking around who are still unclean, who are still dealing with the shame of the past, that, and and in their heart thinking they're not fully forgiven. That maybe, maybe I was, you know, maybe God just hasn't got around. And what it is, is sometimes we want to punish ourselves. How many of you have ever wanted to punish yourself? I mean, you feel like you got to do penance, man. We need to rub some rosary beads. We need to run three miles around the block. We, you know, I'm just going to, I made my bed and now I have to lie in it. But that's not what God says. No, God got you a brand new Serta, guys. Brand new frame brand new mattress, and God, Jesus is saying, no, my blood made it so you don't have to lie in that bed. That's his mercy. That's his mercy. That's mercy right there. We, we need mercy in our lives. We need mercy for other people. You should be praying mercy for them, not shame on them. Yeah. Mercy for that person so that don't be like a Jonah and, and, and obey God and pray and expect God to, you know, want him to just burn him up and be done with it. Yeah. No. Mercy. Mercy says you didn't get what you deserved. Listen to the scripture in Romans chapter 6, verse 8. It says, now if we died with Christ, notice that Jesus died, but we died with him. If we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourself dead to sin. See, I told you we were going to have a funeral in here. Count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Man, those old things have passed away. Sure, the enemy's going to try and bring it up. Sure, even... Even people that, that want you to hurt over it will try to bring it up. But I'm telling you, you don't have to receive shame. You can release shame and be free, walk free from it. Man, I'm pretty excited about that. It's nice to not have be walking around with shame. You know? So Jesus didn't die to expose your sin again. He, he died 
to remove sin so that he could expose your identity. What is your identity this morning? Hmm? Is it in Jesus? Are you a son and a daughter of God? Because when he's forgiven you, when he died on the cross and you received him into your heart, that's what he made you. You're now Jesus' brother, Jesus' sister. Think about that. Think about that. And he wiped all that stuff clean. Remember the father, the father of the prodigal? He didn't want to hear about anything that his son had done. Why? He just wanted to put a robe on him, wanted to put the ring back on, and wanted to kill the fatted calf. Why? Because my son that was lost is now found. He's come back. And that's a beautiful picture of coming back to God because obviously the father represents God the father, but the robe represents Holy Spirit. It's just like putting Holy Spirit back on us, his spirit on us. It's like when a, uh, a, a, a doctor graduates, he puts on a white jacket yeah. to battle against sickness and disease. And, and a professor puts on a black robe to battle against um, uh, ignorance and, and, and people that, that, that don't have knowledge. They want to give that knowledge and, and put, put that knowledge into them. And, and when, when, a, when a, a soldier goes, goes to war, goes to battle... They have something to put on. So when, a, when you come back to the Father, when you come to the Father the first time or come back to the Father, he puts a robe of righteousness on us. And it's beautiful. Yeah. And it doesn't have anything to, there's no shame on it whatsoever. It's Holy Spirit just covering us and just, just, just being with us, beautiful, taking care of us. Yeah. You see, it's a bummer to go through life and not like yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bummer. Man, you know, to think, well, I'm just, you know, I'm not, don't know that I've truly been forgiven. I mean, I guess. Well, you've got to change what you're thinking. You've got to change, change what you're saying so that you'll change what you're thinking. You've got to get it into you. Words, words are powerful. Who's ever heard, you know, something like, um, well, I, I, almost, I almost died laughing. Why are you saying that? No, you, you don't want to die laughing. You want to live you want to live, right? And, and don't, don't be saying stuff like, well, it scared me to death. No, that's, that's something else we're not going to say. We're not going to say shame, shame on you. Um, and don't say this. Well, I catch everything that comes along, so I'm due for the flu. What, what, what? No, we cancel that. Or, or I'm clumsy. <laughs> or I never win anything. Or it runs in my family. There's one. Oh, Holy Spirit will remind you. Oh, Let's not say it that way. Holy Spirit corrects me a lot. And he'll say, let's, let's not say it that way. And I'll say, give me a, a, a good response. And he will. Yeah. He will give you a better response to speak his words and not our words and what we've heard about us. We've got a lot of cancellation to do. And, and like you said, a funeral needs to happen with those words. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna ask the keys to come. Hey, I wanna read one more scripture to you and then... And I've got something to, something to share with you. Romans chapter 10, verse 11 says this, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Man, shame's off the menu. When you believe in God, shame goes out the window. Isn't that exciting? Man, and so what do you do when thoughts try to come? Thank you, Lord, that old things have passed away. All things have become new. I thank you, Lord, that I have been recreated in you. Thank you for the work that you've done in my life. 
So when my kids were in school, when Zach and Becca were in school, they had to memorize a thing called the Fellowship of the Unashamed. And they probably still know it by heart. I could probably have them quote it, but Becca's not here. I didn't think I should have probably had them do that because they, they still do it. But I want to read it to you because this is what they had to memorize. You guys ready? I'm a part of the Fellowship of the Unashamed. I am not ashamed of speaking in tongues, prophesying, praying for the sick, casting out devils, or dancing before the Lord. I have the Holy Ghost power. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of Jesus. I will not look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. I'm finished with and done with low living, sight walking, chintzy giving, and dwarf goals. I no longer need preeminence, position, prominence, or popularity. I do not have the right first. I do not have to be right, sorry, first, tops, or recognized. I don't have to be praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by presence, lean by faith, walk by patience, lift by prayer, and labor by power. My face is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven. My road is narrow, my way is rough, my companions are few. My guide is reliable and my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of security, of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of my adversaries, or negotiate at the table of my enemy. Man, some of us need to stop negotiating at the table of the enemy. He has no power. He has no leverage. What are you negotiating with him for? Mm. I will not give up, shut up, let up, until I've stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, and preached up for the cause of Christ. Come on, somebody. I must not. I must go until he comes. Give until I drop. Preach until all know. And work until he stops me. And when he comes for his own, he will have no problem recognizing me. My colors will be quite clear for I am a part of the fellowship of the unashamed. Sorry, man, didn't see you back there. Man, how many of you are, of you are ready to get rid of shame? Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.